audio jungle. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast. Current events, local, world news, and what's trending. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Thank you for joining us this evening at 9 p.m. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I hope everybody had um, a great week, a safe week. I hope everybody out there was taking care, doing the things that we're asked to do, how difficult that it is for everybody, not just here in Canada, but around the world. So, COVID-19 variants taking root across Canada. Our top doctor, Theresa Tam, warns of the, of the COVID-19 variants taking root across Canada. Chief Public Health Officer Theresa Tam says Canada is in a very delicate period. As case counts for the fast spreading COVID-19 variants pick upward across the country. Even while overall numbers of the new coronavirus cases fall. Interesting statement from Teresa Tam. Now as we, um, we know about the, um, the one from the United Kingdom, scientifically it's called the B117, and the South Africa known as the B1351 has been confirmed across the country. The health authorities in Ontario, Alberta, British Columbia have identified both mutations with, the, with 135 of the B117 strain and 13 of the B1351 strain reported from coast to coast. New Brunswick and Saskatchewan also announced Tuesday variants there have been identified for the first time. Now, we know out in um, Alberta, they're talking about um, lifting some restrictions. Uh, uh, Quebec is talking about it as well, and also here in Ontario. So, should we should the premiers be you know? looking at lifting restrictions 
when we have these variants here across Canada. And our case, our cases, yes, they have gone down. They've gone down to about half of what they used to be. They, you know, they were, you know, up around 4,000. And just today, just over 1,500 cases reported. Now, our doctor, our top doctor here in Ontario, would like to see those cases under 1,000 before we start talking about lifting restrictions. She says, I think there are definitely signs that the variants are at least transmitted to a certain extent in our communities, and we probably are not detecting them all, she said. This is the initial signal that we need to do, need to be very vigilant and very cautious about relaxation, relaxation of the public health measures. Now, she's not the only one that is mentioning this. Other doctors in our region um, would like to see the restrictions on until at least June, that we stay in a lockdown until at least June. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think, you know, individuals and families who have lost their jobs because of the lockdowns would be able to hang on that long. Mentally, physically, of all the stresses that we're all going through, and not just the stresses that we're going through too. You know, we have to really take in consideration uh, about uh, spousal violence in the household with this lockdown and stay at home order. She says that Canada needs to ramp up its testing for variants through the labor-intense process of whole genome sequencing so the country compares well against most others, she said. Canada, I mean, you know, we are doing better than, than um, a lot of countries out there. But I mean, if we look back at last spring when we started to open things up, and then as we're ending the summer, um, you know, they even talked about potentially, you know, things getting tough uh, when winter arrives. And well, here we are, you know, Ontario in a lockdown in a stay-at-home order. And she says, um, without escalating the capacity for the sequencing to a greater extent, you won't know if you have the variant. 
It says maintaining sufficient public health restrictions to limit viral spread, regardless of the variant, is even more critical than sequencing. This added Dr. Andrew Morris, a professor at the Department of Medicine at the University of Toronto, who studies infection diseases. Public health officials need to double down on the response to the pandemic and not be lured into the belief that the declining numbers being safeguards could be drastically loosened, he said. I don't think that the governments here across Canada, the premiers are looking at uh -oh, um, the full wide of, of uh, opening the economies. They're hoping to do soft openings. And of course, with restrictions in hand, but it's not, you know, I, I get it. You know, this is, this is a bad thing. You know, this virus is a bad thing. And the doctors don't want to um, see more patients in the hospital. We don't want to see more patients in the hospital. We want people to recover. And he says that this is his biggest fear, and we've always heard, um, already heard from the premiers of Alberta and Quebec making strong moves to open up their economies, he said, adding that um, some easing could be reasonable. And this is what they, they want to try to do. They want to try to just to ease into this. Using the color codes that we used back in the springtime, going into summer, of the green, the yellow, orange, red, and gray. You know, and maybe work backwards from there with these restrictions, starting with the red, and then the orange, then the yellow, then the yellow, and then down to the green. The Alberta Premier Jason Kennedy announced Friday that um, the one-on-one -on -one training in gyms can reopen and restaurants can resume in-person dining starting February the 8th. This is already the 4th of February, so four more days. And now in Quebec City, the Premier said Tuesday that starting next week, stores um, um, salons and museums can reopen. He created a steady drop in infections and hospitalizations for his decisions, and we did this back last spring. Same thing. And look where we are right now. But uh, he says um, hospitals of big cities remain under too much pressure him to lift more restrictions. A curfew from 8 p.m. to 5 a.m. remains in effect in Montreal and Quebec City. He said that um, in six less populated regions of the province, the curfew um, starts will be delayed until 9.30 p.m. and restaurants, gyms, and, and indoor sports facilities will be able to reopen 
Monday. As the more contagious strains of COVID-19 take hold, the Prime Minister of Canada, Justin Trudeau, said, rare exceptions to new travel restrictions will be made on compassionate grounds, but tough rules must be implemented in the next few weeks. Now, I was reading an article earlier today, and because there's no restrictions to fly into the United States, and um, Canadian airlines are not flying, other airlines, like American Airlines, will fly into the United States and take people down to Florida, you know, to uh, Arizona, California. Now, depending on their stay, whatever, but, you know, it still goes when they come back. And even before they come back, they've got to be tested and they have to test negative. And they're going to be tested again and they'll have to quarantine in a hotel designated by the government and it'll cost them $2,000. Now, I was reading that story earlier and, you know, uh, people still try to get around these restrictions. Um, and small companies, trucking companies, um, are helping them do just that. But the trucks transporting their vehicles into the United States, and then they're taking other flights, or they're paying for a private flight into the United States, jump in their vehicles and drive to Florida. And I just can't believe how ignorant people really are. They'd rather be part of the problem than part of the solution. And I'm appalled at it because, you know, we've been asked not to travel. And then you force the government's hand to put more restrictions on travel and returning back to Canada. And yet, these people still rather be part of the problem than part of the solution. I think that you know, my personal opinion, I think that the United States should be banning all international flights, except for Americans coming home. No one else needs to go into the United States with the pandemic raging on south of the border. Our land borders are closed. but the air traffic can still fly into the United States. And President Joe Biden should be taking a harder stance on that. That's just my opinion, that he should be canceling all international flights into the United States.
You know, since the beginning of this pandemic, there has been stories of funerals that haven't been able to be held. Weddings had to be put off or done by Zoom. Families not being able to get together. Trudeau said at a press conference. But at the same time, our responsibility is to make sure we're keeping Canadians as safe as possible. These new variants are out there, are of real concern. It's not just here across Canada, it's other countries around the world, even in the United States. Trudeau announced last week that passengers returning from abroad will have to quarantine at hotels for up to three days after taking a PCR test upon arrival. Which you have to stay at a hotel designated by the government. Cost you upwards of $2,000 at the traveler's expense. Is not everybody's delighted with Canada's new requirement to self-isolate in a hotel which costs upwards of 2000 Now, this other, this, this uh, lady here, a Canadian who teaches kindergarten in South Korea, is planning to return home after her contract ends at the end of February. Um, she's been abroad for four years. Well, she's going to have to be tested before she gets on the plane and test negative. She'll land back at any four airports that the government has designated for aircrafts to land. And she'll have to be tested again. And she'll have to stay in a designated motel and it'll cost her up to $2,000. If she tests negative after the three-day wait, then she can still quarantine for the remainder time at her home. I think if Canadians can can prove they did not depart Canada during the travel advisory and recommendations period, they should be exempt from the new requirement, she said in an email. Well, no. I don't care if you're away for four years. The travel advisory started last year. There's no exemptions of before. Public Health Agency of Canada said foreigners can still apply to enter the country for non-essential reasons that include supporting a critically ill person, attending a funeral, or being with a loved one who is dying. Total daily case counts of COVID-19 have been falling for, falling for several weeks. Now, over the past seven days, on average, not these seven days, on average, we we're seeing 4,368 new cases. Hospitalizations were also on the decline, falling 12% over the past week to fewer than 3,900 patients. 
distance across the country. Now, back to, you know, reopening, you know, and how the government should do it. in my opinion, is that they should work backwards on the color-coded system that they had going into the summer months. So moving from gray to red, and then red to orange, orange to yellow, and yellow to green. No matter how tough it is, I mean, you can't continue to be in a lockdown for months on end. People who are on EI, uh, their employment insurance, that could be uh, potentially running out. And they'll have to see whatever um, the government can do to help. I haven't found anything on that what's, what's going to happen. You know, it's, uh, everything's just been really tough. It's been really stressful for all of us. And I've said from time and time on my show, please just follow the rules. You know, wear your mask. Stay six feet apart. Don't have large gatherings. And so on and so forth. But of course, some people out there just, you know, ignore the rules. And like I said the other night, uh, there are some businesses, about a dozen businesses in, in Toronto, um, are going are, are gonna to open up under the lockdown. Now, our Premier of Ontario, Mr. Doug Ford, is going to be making an announcement on Monday. You know, what is going to be allowed and what's not. And there'll be more details, you know, coming with that. And hopefully, you know, Monday, um, we get a clear picture of what our Premier of Ontario wants to do. Now, if our top doctor on Ontario had his own way, I mean, he would just keep us in a lockdown. It's nice to see these numbers coming down and they got to continue to decline. Even if we're going to start doing soft reopenings. That's how important this has to be. This is how critical this has become. I certainly 
wouldn't want to be in the premier's shoes. I certainly wouldn't want to do his job. You know, he gets criticized for, for things that he does or what he doesn't. And I say to the I say to these critics, you step up and do the job. You know, critics seem to have all the answers. You step up and do the job. It's just like prime our prime minister of Canada. People criticizing him on the rollout of the vaccines. He is doing the best job he possibly can. And if anybody out there here across Canada think that you could do a better job, then by all means, step up and do it. You can be critical. Be a critic. Put your money where your mouth is. You know, with Pfizer, you know, um, them have to uh, upgrade a facility in Belgium in order to get these vaccines out. They're trying to do the best job they can. Canada's been reassured many, many times that they're going to get their vaccine. But it's funny how critics are just so quick to jump on, on what they think is, is you know, the government's not doing their job when in fact the government is doing their job. No, no, everybody's going to agree with me, and that's fine. You have the right to your own opinions. This is my opinion. You know, the vaccines will get here when they get here, and there's nothing that you or I can do about it. And the government is working as hard as it can. It's not our prime minister's fault that we're having a delay in our vaccine. Pfizer has to upgrade their facilities in order to get these vaccines out, not just for Canada, but other countries around the world. We're not the only ones who are short on vaccines right now. But when they do start getting back out again, this is why it's so important that the most vulnerable are healthcare professionals, nurses on the front lines, need to get vaccinated as well. Police officer, fire department. 
and then into the into the community. Now, hopefully by September, every Canadian citizen who wants to get vaccinated, you should be able to by then, hopefully. That's just my opinion. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I hope you had a good week. I hope you had a safe week. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. So I was out here talking about um, our, our top doctor here in Canada, Teresa Tam, uh, warns about the uh, COVID-19 variants taking root in Canada when premiers across the country, um, Alberta, Ontario, Quebec, were thinking about loosening some restrictions. Quebec wants to start opening up retail starting this week, coming. in areas outside of the city of Montreal in the in the city of Quebec City. Starting uh our coming this Monday, our Premier of Ontario is going to make an announcement about lifting some restrictions and hopefully opening up some businesses where we have um, other healthcare professionals um, who work in the disease and in infections um, are warning against lifting some restrictions. Because right now here, here in Canada, here in Ontario, Canada, we're in a lockdown and a stay-at-home order. Quebec is in a lockdown. They have a curfew. And they just want to make some changes and they want to do a soft reopening of the economies. But Dr. Theresa Tam, our top doctor of Canada, is warning you know, against these new variants, which have, we've seen um, I think it was down here all together across the country. I think we've seen about something like a hundred and thirty um, hundred and thirty five cases of the uh, uh, United Kingdom strain and the South African strain all across Canada. So our numbers are coming down. You know, um, at one time we're, we were reporting on a seven day average of um, a little over 4,000 cases. Um, I think today, uh, it was around just a little over 1,500 cases in a seven-day period. So these numbers are dropping, 
But our doctor, our top doctor here in Ontario, is saying that he would like to see these cases under a thousand before we start talking about loosening some restrictions. And I was mentioning earlier before you came on the show here is that how far along can we go in this lockdown and stay at home order? We've been now six weeks. In a lockdown, stay at home across the entire province of Ontario. Whereas other cities in Ontario were in the lockdown before the entire province went into lockdown, such as Toronto. So and I mentioned earlier too that there are some business in Toronto that are want to open starting next week, you know, during the lockdown, you know, which is really ill-advised because it's just the hefty fines that business owners would receive and employees would receive if these businesses go ahead and open under the restrictions. Now, not necessarily, you know, when our Premier of Ontario uh, speaks publicly again on Monday about lifting restrictions, you know, he's talking potentially by at least, you know, around the 19th of February that things could start to reopen again. But he wants to remind everybody that, you know, there's still obviously going to be protocols in place. And if we do see these numbers start to spike again, that he'd go back into lockdown again. But this, that's something that we don't want to see. I would like to see a gradual reopening. Just like we did back in the springtime, late spring, early summer, where we used a, a, a color code of, of uh, um, a, a green restrict. And then it went to um, yellow, orange, red, and ultimate gray, the lockdown. What I would like to see is them work backwards from that. Opening up businesses in the red restrict. And then as things get better, move them back to the orange. And then the yellow and then the green. Going into, you know, um, emergency orders and lockdowns and stay-at-home orders, um, 
despite everything, I mean, it's been just devastation for a lot of people and for a lot of business. Financially, mentally, physically. Schools are just getting back. This is the first week um, here um, in Ontario um, where public schools um, were allowed to return to um, in-class learning. Not all across the province, though, Toronto and the Peel area that surrounds Toronto, they're still looking, you know, mid-February before they get in, uh, going back in, in, into class, into classrooms. So that's a start. To get these kids back into school. Hopefully it works out well. They're also talking about um, coming March, I think it's usually around uh, the second week of March or something like that, or the third week of March, they have the spring break um, where kids are off for a week. Um, they're talking about canceling that and just have them just continue on through. They've been off. They've been out of school since December the 18th. You know, and just returning to school on February the 1st. We'll have to wait to see what happens because, you know, they, you know, they have to, you know, the, 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 the Ontario government, you know, they have to talk um, to the teachers unions as well about whether if they're going to be canceling the March break or not. And of course, with all the travel restrictions that the government has put on uh, uh, just recently, um, that uh, give you a little bit of an, uh, an update on that. Um, you may or may not know this, but anybody who is uh, returning back to Canada, um, you have to test negative before you get on your flight. And when you get in flying into Canada, you're now, the planes coming in will only be allowed to land at four different airports. And then you'll have to be tested again. And you'll have to stay in a, uh, a, uh, a government selected hotel for three days at your own expense. And that means that COVID test, when you arrive back into Canada, you have to pay for that. And the hotel cost, and it could be on the upwards of about $2,000.
if you test negative, then you can carry on home and finish your quarantine. All sunny destinations, um, the uh, Canadian Airlines, Sunwing, Transat, are all canceled their flights to sunny destinations. And the government has imposed these stricter rules about traveling. Because we always had a travel advisory. Nobody was listening. Government, government, people who work in the government, Canadian citizens, you know, just snubbed their nose at it. The other problem that we are facing is that when they they would have to when they came back to Canada, they had to quarantine for 14 days and, and they and they were collecting the sick benefit. Finally, the government put a stop to that. And then added these new restrictions. And the the advice now. And with the new restrictions on for all Canadians, international travelers as well, these new restrictions apply to you as well. So it'll get very ex expensive for anybody coming into Canada. And there's going to be, there's going to be some areas where the government will allow people to come in and that will be for funerals if someone is very ill or somebody is dying they will allow it but other than that coming here to canada you know if you're if you just think you're here to visit sightsee shopping, tourism, none of that even exists here in Canada right now. So the government was very, the government here in Canada was very clear on what they wanted to do with travel. And I said earlier, before you came on my show, I said that, you know, with, with the uh, COVID-19 COVID raging on in, in the United States, the United States should ban all international travelers, except for Americans coming home. With these new variants popping up all over the world, spreading faster, spreads faster, and the shortages is on vaccines. You know. Hopefully soon, you know, hopefully soon 
you know, um, things can start to reopen. Of course, you know, with the vaccines rolling out, we're still going to have to wear a mask. We're still going to have to social distance. We're not going to be gathering in large groups. Staying six feet apart. I said on an episode, and this was my this is my opinion. We're still gonna be in this pandemic by year's end. It's gonna be late fall before all Canadians will be eligible to get a vaccine if you want it. We were hoping that 2021 would be a starting off better than 2020. But we just picked up where we left off. We're still in this pandemic. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. I wish it was. Wish it would just disappear and we just get back to our lives. But it's not going to happen like that. We'll see about these reopenings. Hopefully Monday, whatever the uh, Premier of Ontario is going to do, I hope, I hope, I really do, I really hope he knows what he's doing. Because doctors are asking him not to start any any reopenings. So he's got a couple things to juggle here from the healthcare professionals to the economy and the livelihoods of people. I wouldn't want that job, ladies and gentlemen. I wouldn't want that job at all. You know, the, you know, the fine line that he has to walk and the decisions that he has to make. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do his job. There's no way I could. But I respect him for everything that he's done. He has done a really good job. He stepped up to the plate. Just like the doctors and nurses are trying to save lives. And traveling right now is not a good time. Not a good time for it. And with the new restrictions that the government just put on, 
it's going to get really expensive for people coming back into Canada. $2,000 at the traveler's expense. That's paying for the test, paying for the hotel for three days. On top of what you paid already for your for, for the trip that you decided to take. You know, because the government just got sick and tired of people just snubbing their nose at the travel advisories. And that's what it was at one time, a travel advisory. Advise you not to travel. But some people just don't listen. It's not just the general public. It was government officials as well. Who decided they'd just go against the advisories and go have a vacation. You know, they come back and they get called out. And they go, oh, I'm sorry. That was just, you know, a lapse of judgment on my part. I'm really sorry about that. Now, I don't accept their apologies. They're not sorry for that. It wasn't a lack of judgment. They knew what they were doing from the onset. They knew they were going against the, the travel advisors and they just did it anyways. And then you force the government's hand to either put even more restrictions on travel and the cost is gonna be for when you return of $2,000 out of your own pocket. The taxpayers are not going to pay for this. Here in Canada, if you go against the advisories, the taxpayers are not going to pay for your test. They're not going to pay for your stay in the hotel. It's coming out of your own pocket. And you're not going to be able to collect any money because you still have to quarantine. They don't travel anywhere. And you put these rules in place because, you know, next month is, you know, people like to get away in March. But there, these new restrictions are right to the end of April. What I just told you about. Right to the end of April. Hopefully our numbers keep coming down more. And hopefully, you know, as... You know, the governments across, uh, across Canada 
want to start doing some reopenings. I really hope it goes well. I really do because nobody wants to go back into a lockdown. So I'll leave it here with you. I'll be back out tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And uh, what did I have up here? Let this come up here for a second. So 10 a.m. tomorrow morning. I think it was this one here. Now, it, it, this one here, um, you know, with the delays on and the reductions on our vaccines, um, our Prime Minister of Canada says that the plan is on track where he is being brutally crit uh, criticized you know, for the shortages of vaccines. But he's doing everything that he can. You know, he's not the one who decided that a facility in Belgium had to be upgraded. That was Pfizer. So we'll talk about what our Prime Minister of Canada is how Canada is still on track. In the next few weeks and coming months. So that'll be, uh, I'll talk about that tomorrow morning at, uh, at 10 a.m. So if you'd like to join me then, more than welcome to join me here on that topic. And of course, um, you'll be able to play back this show um, when I publish it and I do that immediately after the show ends. So it'll be um, up on Podbean. Um, if you listen to my show on uh, Player FM or um, just one second. Yeah, so if you listen to my shows on, uh, on uh, Player FM, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Listen Notes. Um, they're generally a day. They're generally about a day behind. So this this today's show um, probably would show up probably like um, tomorrow evening or Sunday. But Podbean, when I publish this show, this episode is up immediately. So you'll be able to uh, go back and, and listen to that. And of course, you can listen to any of my uh, episodes 
on uh, Podbean, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Audible, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Player FM, Listen Notes, Stitcher, Deezer, and Podcast Addict. You can catch my episodes. Just Google them and Google the Truckers Podcast. Use the apostrophe S in Truckers. And uh, my episodes will come up. So hope you can join me tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. And uh, we'll get into the into this uh, discussion uh, about our prime minister saying that our vaccine plan is on track despite the, the uh, shortages uh, that we're facing here in Canada at the moment. So let's get those thank yous out to all of our essential workers, our frontline workers, our doctors, our nurses, our paramedics and our police and our fire departments. I thank you for the job that you do day in and day out. And thank you to my guests on my show today and my listeners around the world and my followers. I thank you for taking the time out of your day to join me here on the Truckers Podcast. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Have a great evening. I hope you can join me tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. This is the Truckers Podcast. I'm your host, Doug, from London, Ontario, Canada. Have a great evening, everybody. Take care. Be safe.